Hi guys, what's up? How's it going? Welcome to Sermondo Talks. My name is Christina and I'm here to introduce you to some of the smartest people in the Amazon sphere. If you already subscribed to our channel, you get a thumbs up from me right now. If you're new to our channel and you'd like to get some industry insights, hear some interesting stories about entrepreneurship and learn some useful hacks that you can apply to your own Amazon business, make sure you subscribe to our channel right now and hit that notification bell so you will never miss another episode again. My guest today for you is Hootie Greenberger, who is the founder of Hootie Greenberger Photography. Let's say hi to him and ask him a few questions. So I'm here today with Udi Greenberger. He's the founder of Udi Greenberger Photography and he's based in New Jersey. Hi, Udi. So happy. Hey, how are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me, Christina. How are you? Good. All right. It's early, early, it's early in the morning where you are right now, right? It is. Not so bad. 9.30. I wouldn't consider that so early, but... <laughs> yeah. Still, you took some time for me in the morning to answer some I of did. my questions. So let's yep. start right away. In uh, one sentence, what is Hootie Greenberger Photography? So uh, I'm a commercial photographer. I specialize in food products and architecture. So, um, and what kind of services do you offer? Is it just a photography or also maybe image retouching? Um, I don't do retouching, my, meaning I don't do outside retouching, but I do my own retouching, obviously. So uh, let's say for Amazon clients, uh, very often there'll be a lifestyle image. So it's not always practical to shoot, let's say, a camping scene. Right. Where I'm not, I mean, I would do it if I was, if the budget allows for it and getting yeah. models and doing the whole, the whole nine yards, but typically you're going to want to Photoshop that in. Um, so that's something that I offer as well. And when did you found your company? Uh, about seven and a half years ago. And what's the story behind that? Um, okay. So there's always, everyone's got a good story, right? So, <laughs> so I actually play guitar, um, and I was giving tons of guitar lessons and I had a band, wedding band, um, and I was having fun with that. We're doing good. Um, and I wanted to promote the band a little bit. So I bought a cheap, like $250 DSLR to shoot videos, to put those guitar lessons up on YouTube. And somehow I knew that it was also not just the camera, it was also like a basic lighting thing to get the videos to look good. So I bought like a nice black backdrop. We put it up in the living room and uh, I bought like a simple three point lighting kit for a hundred bucks and shot the videos and they looked great. So I was like, okay, I got this whole beautiful setup in my living room. Let's get the kids in there. <laughs> so, so I started taking some pictures of my kids and the pictures were coming out terrible and that didn't make sense <laughs> to me. So I was like, if the videos look good, why shouldn't the photos look good? So I started doing a little research and that was the end of it. <laughs> um, so uh, once I start researching something that's like technical and creative at the same time, I like, I love to cook. I love to play music. Uh, I, yeah, right. I, I love this kind of stuff. So I went all into it. So in the beginning, I didn't really think it would turn into a business because um, I was like, I figured it was mostly like shooting events and shooting, uh, you know, taking pictures of families and kids and stuff. That's not really my thing. So I was just doing it for fun, you know, an expensive hobby. Um, but then a neighbor of mine had just started selling on Amazon. Remember, this was seven and a half years ago, just as Amazon's marketplace started opening up to outside sellers and uh and he was selling sunglasses and watches if i recall at the time and he's like hey hoodie you know can you take pictures of my sunglasses you know to sell on amazon i said okay sure why not you know it'll give me 75 dollars an hour oh 
okay, <laughs> that <Nice>. works. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I took pictures of the sunglasses and he tripled his sales the second he posted the photos. Oh, wow. So I was like, oh, if I can get somebody to triple their sales for 75 bucks an hour, I can get somebody to triple their sales for $400 an hour. And that is the route. I, and then that's it. I quit my job. I went full force into it, uh, shooting products. Um, and because I love food, because I love to cook, so big foodie. So that naturally turned into, uh, one second, I'm just getting a call here. Um, that naturally turned, that naturally turned into food photography as well. Um, and then I had a bunch of friends that do interior design. So that got me started shooting interiors. And that's the three strongest parts of my portfolio is food products and architecture. So you never sold on Amazon yourself, but you basically started your product photography with an Amazon seller friend of yours. Exactly. exactly. All right. Um, do you work f uh, with clients from all over the world or only US based? Yeah, I mean, most of them are definitely within like, people don't like to ship stuff really far. I don't know why, yeah. but uh, and I have had some clients that ship stuff from uh, somewhere in Europe. I forget where it was. Um, but that was like a one-time thing and because most people don't want to ship, pay for the shipping to get it to me, um, which is silly because if, if they feel that I'm the right guy for the job, then what's the difference where it goes. But, um, but either way, but it's fine. You know, I have enough business either way. So definitely mostly local, but people do ship me stuff as well. All right. Then I would like to, uh, look at some of your work. I will share my screen for that. Okay. Do we see the same thing now? Do we see your website? Uh, yes. There we go. Yeah. So okay. I actually have two websites. We'll go to the other one. The other one is more like Amazon focused and this one's more uh, food and architecture focused. But which one is the other white, one? It's called whitesquarephoto.com. And that name came because Amazon search results always need a white background and a square image. So that makes sense. Oh, and you are, yeah, you already organized it according to the categories. Yeah. Awesome. Let's go to kitchenware. Or do you have any favorite category that you like? No, uh, these are honestly, most of these are older images. So All right. um, many of them, I didn't even shoot myself. Some of them are my other photographers that work for me. But Looks great. So right, apart, apart from the obvious quality that uh, you deliver for your clients, what else makes you special? Why should clients choose your studio over other studios? Uh, so what my clients tell me that's always the best feedback is what I hear from other people is obviously the quality. That's the main reason why they're coming. They see my work and they want that in their listing. Um, there's the reason why I enjoy shooting products is why you'd want to use me is that I like taking a, you know, what's essentially a boring dead object and make it come alive with light. And it's the lighting, it's the composition, it's the feeling of the mood of the photo that gets created. I love that. That's, it's just so interesting to me that you can take even sometimes very often a cheap Chinese product and with the right retouching, and I'm not talking about manipulation, making it something that it's not. I'm talking about bringing out the details that are there and just making it look so sexy. I love that. Awesome. I love doing that. So the whole creative process of delivering emotion to the people yeah. that look at the image. Exactly. All right. Um, I think every one of us uh, knows at least one listing where the photos look really, really bad, where you would look <laughs> at the listing and say like, okay, why should I buy this when the images already look that crappy, let's say. Um, what would you say are the most common mistakes Amazon sellers make when it comes to product photography? 
So I'll tell you a quick little story that I just saw. Uh, I get tagged on Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram all the time when people are looking for looking for photographers. So even though I don't really do headshots that much, uh, people can tend to tag me all, all the time just because someone's looking for a photographer. And somebody posted one of the comments in the in the comments section of that post looking for a headshot photographer. Someone was like, oh, don't waste your money on a professional photographer. Just buy your own camera and shoot it yourself. <laughs> 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 so, so often I have clients that have shot the images themselves and then they sent it off to India or Thailand or wherever these, um, you know, virtual assistant retouchers are. And they're like, they cut it out of the background. It looks great. No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> so it's like you're, you're leaving sales on the table. There's no question. Like when you walk into a brick and mortar store, you can touch the product. You can feel it. If you're seeing it in 3D, there's the whole ambience of the store. When you're looking at a photo online, it's 2D, it's flat, it's dead. The only thing you can do is click through images. I, I tell clients, my clients all the time, I said, I'm not just trying to upsell you to tell you to buy more photos and shoot more photos, but you know yourself, when you're on an Amazon listing, the guy that has one photo and the guy that has seven photos, you're gonna click through all seven photos. And the longer that you're on his listing, the better chance that guy has of pushing the buy button. So. And if Amazon sellers decide to do it themselves, even though I don't recommend that either, would you say that like the most common mistake is that they use the wrong camera or the wrong lighting? Lighting, yeah, light. lighting. All right. So lighting is really the base of a good product photo. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Um, could you name three things that clients say about your work? If I go to a previous client of yours and say, "Hey, can you tell me a little bit about Hootie's work?" What would they say to me? Well, I don't know about three things, but one thing, <laughs> it, it stands out. It stands out amongst the listings. That's, uh, that's really what it is. Um, it, like when you're scrolling, again, it's the same idea. When you're scrolling through, you search slippers. I don't know, just that's something I was shooting yesterday. Um, and there's five terrible photos and there's that one amazing photo. Your gun, even if it's not even the color that you're looking for, you might click on that. You're probably going to click on that because yeah. that's a photo that attracts you. So that's the idea. Awesome. And um, especially when you're working in a creative field like uh, design or product photography, it's really important how the service provider and the client communicate uh, with each other. So when working with a client, what do you expect from them? So I always ask a million questions. I get emails all day and texts all day. Like, uh, can I get pricing? Uh, tell me what the product is. Tell me how many photos you need. Do you need white backgrounds? Do you need lifestyle? So I always ask a million questions before I give a quote. Uh, some people have just, some photographers have like a price sheet, like white backgrounds are X. If you send me 10 photos, it's 10% discount. 20 photos, I don't do that. Um, every shoot is a custom quote. They, there's kind of like a, a basic amount I charge, um, which, which I'll, I'll just to make sure the person's in the right ballpark to make sure they have the budget for what we're, what we're talking about. But after that, every, every quote is custom. Every quote is I listen to the customer. I find out what they need. I help them decide what they need. Um, these days I find more than maybe two years ago is that most of my clients are well, very well educated of uh, what the, what, what's required by Amazon. Um, But it's really just that question process. I, I do a lot of asking and a lot of listening, not a lot of talking. So right. I want to hear what the client has to tell me. And then from there, we come up with a good plan. 
That's good. But, uh, you know, sometimes it happens that a client is still not happy with the outcome. Uh, I think every business just knows that. How do you right. deal with such a situation when a client says like, yeah, I can't really feel the emotion or I don't like the colors or whatever. What do you do in right. such a situation? So I, I, the, the answer is, is that it goes back to what the last question you asked me. I, I have, I asked so many questions and I get such a good feel for what the client's looking for that it's very rare that that happens. It's, I would say less than 5%. So it's very, very, very rare. Uh, the photos usually explode off the page. They usually look amazing. The rare case that it actually just happened um, I, because I misunderstood what the client, what the client's goal was. So I thought he was talking about one thing. He meant something else as far as the angle. Uh, so I reshot it. You know, it, I lost money on that shoot I, as far as time, time goes, but the uh, client needed a reshot, so I reshot it. So you put your client's happiness first. Absolutely. Um, so you know that Amazon likes to change its regulations and guidelines all the time. Um, how do you keep up with this? How do you stay up to date? Uh, so as far as the photos, there's, as far as I know, at least, uh, there's, there ha there's not that many regulations that affect the way I shoot. The search result is, that main first image is always going to be forever Amazon is going to be a white background and it's going to be a square forever. They're never going to change that ever. Um, after that, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Um, as far as the rest of the image, there might be specific uh, orientations, meaning how wide the image is, how tall the images are for the ECB content. Um, but, uh, but for the most part, I'm shooting an image and then I don't do any of the listing graphics and, and the layout design. So, They're sending it to to a graphic designer or doing them doing it themselves, someone who specializes in that, um, and then they crop, stretch, whatever they need to do to my images to make it work. Uh, it, I, I can sniff out the clients that know what they're talking about. Obviously, it's pretty it's pretty easy. Rather, it's from the newbies, um, the newbies need a little bit more handholding. Um, but the guys that know what they're talking about, they usually have a very clear idea. They need this banner. They need this, this shot to be going in this listing. Very often they'll send me the layout with blank photos or stock images so that I can see what images I need to shoot to fill that up. Uh, those are the best. I love those clients. Um, so Quick yeah, more out. information. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so the more, uh, the more, the more educated the client is, the easier my job is. Um, The less questions I need to ask to get to get to the right to the right uh, to the right outcome, um, yeah. So as far as uh, Amazon changing the regulations, it doesn't really affect me as a as a photographer all that much. An image is an image. The only question is, you know, it's always going to be high res because I'm using a, a, a you know heavy duty camera. Um, so the, just the only question is pretty much orientation. Just is it a wide image or a tall image or a square image? That's it. All right. Um, then I'm at my last question um, regarding your business. I see that you're in your studio right now, right? Yes. Yeah. Would you mind giving us uh, a little peek behind the scenes? Absolutely. Like? I would love to. Let me see if I can turn the camera around. Can I use the back camera? Yes, I could. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So this is your desk, obviously. This is my desk. Hello, <laughs> desk. Okay. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm going the wrong way. Okay. So we'll start in the corner. So my studio is in my garage. So we converted this uh, 800 square foot garage into a studio here. 
every great business was started from a garage once. Oh, I didn't start here. <laughs> I actually had a 2,400 square foot studio. Oh. And it was a total waste of space. <laughs> it, all, that, all that meant was that boxes didn't get thrown out regularly. <laughs> so, um, so here I have a motorized backdrop folder. Awesome. So I can come down here and pick up the backdrop. And hiding behind that, right now most of my stands are on the floor, but just from yesterday's shoot, but very organized. On, yes, extremely organized. Um, and all my stands mount up here. And then I just got this closet built finally. So this holds all my gear as well as stuff being shot. I have a little charging station here with all my batteries. And everything just has an exact spot of where it goes. Uh, some extra gear that I don't use that often. And then these collapsible boxes are amazing. Um, that's what keeps me organized in this studio. Um, one shelf is for incoming and one shelf is for stuff that was already shot. So after stuff gets shot, it just gets put into another box and then it goes onto another shelf, I'm sorry. And then uh, from there, do you have different color backgrounds? Yes, I have. And the leg. Two, oh, and the leg. Yes, I have this one client that shoot tons of socks, socks for, and they always wanted on on a on a uh, on a mannequin. So, you know, so obviously a sock doesn't look like anything unless it has a foot in it. So, <laughs> so and these are uh, just wood. I do, like I said, I do a lot of uh, food, so wood was very in style uh, to shoot on as a surface. So I've gotten all these from eBay. They're literally like the sides of barns from somewhere in Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> somebody chopped down old barns or whatever, and uh, I bought the wood. Awesome. And then in here, oops, going the wrong way. In here, I built a, also part of this closet is a custom storage unit for more background surfaces. These are, uh, where's the camera? There it is. So each one of these is double-sided. So it's one side is one color, the other side oh, is another color. Oh, that's smart. And there's about, uh, I think I have like 10 of them. They're a fortune, they're like 300 bucks a piece. Um, and uh, there's about 10 or 12 of them there or so. Uh, let's see, what else is here? Oh, we're going the wrong way. Oh, this is fun, okay. So you're so well equipped. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've been doing this for a while. Uh, this is my prop room, which is in the process of almost being fully organized. Um, How big is your garage? I feel like we've been like, in yeah. five rooms already. <laughs> it's about seven or 800 square feet. So, uh, so this is just dishes and dishes and more dishes and cutting boards and trays and more trays and more dishes do you have experience with like all <laughs> kinds of uh categories on amazon i think i saw like aid or something already yeah um the only thing i don't shoot is jewelry um more or less and clothing also i i don't bother to shoot because it's just not worth my time there's just yeah. tons of props oh i just lost my gimbal there okay um, yeah, tons of props, more equipment up here. All right, enough for the tour. <laughs> so Let's go back. Someone, um, when someone uh, wants to get shots of uh, jewelry, you will ask one of your freelancers that you work with. I, I don't even take the gig. Um, I just I have a couple friends that have that uh, are also in the business, and I'm happy to send them work that they're that they specialize in. And I don't ask for it back, but what ends up happening is that they send me the work that I specialize in. Awesome. So. 
So anyway, people will get their photo in the end, even though uh, exactly. you don't choose. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Yeah. Then I'm already at the juicy part. Uh, now I'll okay. ask some questions about uh, you and your first life. Sure. And the first one would be, why did you decide to become self-employed? I mean, you um, discovered your talent and your passion for photography, but you could also have like worked for another studio, for example. So where did you get your entrepreneurial spirit from? I definitely got that from my parents, uh, although they, well, actually, my father does work for himself these days, but uh, for the last 15, 20 years or so, but um, they're super hard workers. I mean, that's definitely where I got my work ethic from. Uh, my my parents are well in their 70s. They actually just had their 50th anniversary. Oh, nice. Um, Congratulations. So, yeah. <laughs> if they <Thank> see it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, so they're still working. They're well in their 70s, and they're both still plugging away um so that's pretty cool so uh as far as entrepreneurship um so i have no problem working for somebody else uh, that's not like some people are like no i can never work for a boss i have no problem working for somebody else in fact i don't have just one boss i have like 50 bosses all my clients <laughs> so because <laughs> technically you're working for them um they're your boss for the day or whatever uh so i'm cool with working for somebody else it's just that in in the uh in, when you're working for somebody else depending on the space that you're in, you're not working on something that you necessarily enjoy. You're working on what they enjoy. That's what people don't like. So if there was a, uh, if there was a, a place for me in a company that, um, that, that I can really do my thing in their company, company, and that's what they were paying me for, and of course they were paying me as much as I'm making now um, or more, uh, then I, I, would be, I would be open to that. You know, some, like somebody, uh, it was some LinkedIn post or something that I mentioned that. People were like, what, you're still the type to work for yourself? I was like, I just want to do work that I feel uh, you know, accomplished in and feel satisfaction and that I know I did my best and I'm really putting myself out there and, and uh, giving my creativity out into the world and helping people. Um, if that's working for myself, great. If it's working for somebody else, also great. I love so. that answer. Not the typical nine to five is bad. Everyone should quit their job. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you could use only one adjective, how would you describe your overall work situation? I love it. <laughs> I do. I mean, I'm working in, out of my garage, like I said. So my house is right here. Um, I cook myself breakfast, lunch, and supper. And uh, uh, it's fantastic, especially, again, like, because I do shoot a lot of food. I have a full kitchen available. I didn't have to build one in the studio. Uh, it couldn't have been better. Yeah, so the adjective you would use would be perfect? Love. Yeah, I would say love. <laughs> oh, okay. Awesome. I do. I love it. All right. And um, what excites you most about working with e-commerce sellers or Amazon sellers in particular? Um, I like helping people. That's really what I love. Uh, I love to help people and make people uh, get, get people in a better place. So wh when I'm working with an Amazon seller or in general, e-commerce or commercial photography, whatever I'm, whatever I'm shooting, What I, what I love is when I get that report back that it helped them make more sales. So working with an e-commerce uh, e business, I know that my images are directly making my client money. It's not like uh, some marketing thing where you think the ad is working. You don't know it. Like, it's impossible to judge the metrics. You know, I got a lot of feedback on Instagram, you know, but here, hardcore, 
before I had the pictures, I was selling 10,000 units a month. After I have the pictures, I'm selling 25,000 units a month. That's very easy to understand data and you know it's because of my images. So, so success that. is measurable. Yes. All right. Um, are there also things that you don't like so much about your job? Um, I try to minimize that. Um, the hardest part is really keeping up with the editing. Um, is there is a lot of editing. I do have outside uh, um, outsourcing that, that, uh, that I send a lot of my editing to, as most photographers do. Uh, but there's still those like magical touches that I need to do myself. I've tried training in people. It just me and every other creative in the world. You, you, no one else does it the way you want it. You want it done, <laughs> so uh, or even close. So there are certain not so much for the e-commerce because that's pretty straightforward. Um, usually, it's it, it's mostly in the lighting rather than in the editing. But as far as the architectural stuff that I shoot, interiors, that's like that's like all me. Um, I am in the middle of training in a new VA. We'll see how it goes. So far, she's good doing luck with okay that job. Yeah, <laughs> so far she's doing a pretty good job. So, uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, if you could have a skill or character trait that you don't have right now, but you wish you could have, which one would that be? Nothing. Um, I, 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 oh, maybe my memory. I have a very bad memory. <laughs> but, <laughs> but after that, that that's uh, not something that's learnable. Um, after that, any other skill or trait that I that I felt I needed, I went out and learned it. So. Awesome. That's a good answer. And yeah. uh, if you could have a superpower, something that you can't really train or get otherwise, which one would that be? Also, same answer as before. I already have my know what my superpower is, and it's my patience. Um, and I am very, very patient and relaxed and chilled type of guy. Uh, and that's my superpower, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. But if I could offer you to maybe <laughs> transport or. <laughs> I don't know, read people's minds, you no, wouldn't I'm, be intrigued. Oh, that type of superpower, like a yes. real superpower. <laughs> supernatural okay. superpower. Supernatural superpower, I'd love to fly. <laughs> I've always yeah. had this like uh, uh, love relationship with, a, like as a kid, I remember every book report, every science experiment always revolved around airplanes. So, and uh, my first drone, even though I use it for business, it was, I told my wife it was for business, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> and it was i have i do use it for business but i i took that thing to the park the second i got the box <laughs> and i was ripping around until the cop came and told me i wasn't allowed to fly there <laughs> but then he stayed there for another five minutes watching <laughs> so <laughs> and then he bought one too probably yeah, exactly <laughs> so yeah. you could basically sell your drone then and make uh make those shots for yourself if you could. yeah <laughs> that would be awesome um what about time travel if you could travel back like five years in your life or maybe 10 which advice would you give to your younger self Ooh, that's a good one um hmm. that is a good one um i don't even know uh there's certain books that I've read that I wish I would have read earlier. Um, I drive a lot. Uh, so I, I listen to audiobooks while I, while I drive and I've gone through over 250 books in the last seven or eight years. So oh, wow. yeah, yeah. I can, if, if you follow me on LinkedIn, you'll see, I, I, I always end my business, uh, my business advice quotes with a, uh, an advice with a, uh, with book recommendations. Um, 
so uh, some of the book, one of the books that I've, that I read, which I absolutely like I've, every couple of months, I, I go over and read it again is it's called the art of war. Uh, the war of art, sorry, the art of war is a very famous book and Stephen Pressfield wrote a book called the war of art. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it's just, it's not even just for artists and creatives. It's really for anybody. Uh, he's, he just breaks down life and, and, and what holds you back from doing what you need to do. And it's fantastic. So awesome. if I would have had, I read it about a year and a half, two years ago and every couple months since, uh, I wish I would have had that. Oh, you reread <laughs> your books also, or like re-listen. Yes. You know, some of the really good ones like that one, I buy the hardcover and read that too. Uh, cause it's just, like I said, I have a really bad memory. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I listen to the book one time. It just doesn't, it doesn't get me there. <laughs> so like some of the concepts, you know, you heard in other books. So you, you know, that's the, the repeat yeah. there, but, but the book itself, uh, when, when you listen to it and then you read it in and you're looking at the book and you see the words and you're reading them in your mind, it's yeah. like a different, different learning experience. So, yeah. uh, so it helps you remember. All right. So. Um, what was your biggest challenge when you became self-employed or during your time of being self-employed? The hardest part of, and I think anybody who's self-employed will tell you the same thing is not knowing when your next paycheck is coming. Uh, there, there have been months where for two weeks, for whatever reason, either because the client decided to do net 30 so I didn't get paid till 30 days later um, or just the job was dragging on a little bit you know until I finished up all the details there have been like two weeks that I just didn't I, I, I was making money because I was working but I wasn't getting paid yet and that's really tough because the bills are coming <laughs> whether you're getting paid or not yeah um, and uh, and then all of a sudden boom like 20 grand in my account <laughs> so you know this, and there are definitely some slower months and some busier months um, and you just have to budget for that. That's, uh, that. that's one thing that having a paycheck and steady job is definitely better for. And um, I would say the hardest part is I, it's tough for me to go on vacation because if I'm going away for a week, then I didn't make money that week. So besides what the vacation costs, you know, it's also, uh, that part's pretty tough. Opportunity costs. Yeah. Um, was there a time where you wanted to quit and just go back to a normal, normal job? Yeah, but it's just a fleeting moment of, of uh, negative passion. Yeah, I think <laughs> so, everyone yeah. has that. Yeah, it's like, it, I, I know how to get myself out of it though. <laughs> Because like every time I have a thought like that, I'm like, stop it. You love what you do <laughs> and uh, just get back to work. Awesome. So. Um, okay, now a super random question. Uh, if you could walk into Jeff Bezos' office and ask him for one thing, what would it be? His money. <laughs> Straight <Come> up. <laughs> no question. What else? <laughs> What do I need? I don't need to ask him for anything else. I just need some. Not even all of it. <laughs> I I had someone on my show who said uh, she'd like to know all of his uh, tax avoidance secrets, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you some of those. <laughs> okay. Good to know people. Good to do you have any questions about that? Um, who or what inspires you? You just told me that you listen to a lot of audiobooks and read a lot of books. Are there like authors or I don't know, any other people that really inspire what you're doing? Yeah. So um, to me, like photography, it, it's not a destination. It's just a journey. It's part of my path. It's part of my journey. It, like, will I be doing this the rest of my life? Probably not. 
Um, so will it be part of what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? Probably yes. So there's no specific, like a lot of photographers and artists will have like say, oh, I was inspired by so-and-so artist or so-and-so photographer or musician or whatever. Um, I, I mean, there's definitely been some of, some influence there. I wouldn't say inspiration, more influence uh, in some of my work. Um, but really where I get my inspiration from and, and really what drives me forward is these audiobooks, like like I mentioned. I love Scott Adams, uh, if you ever hear the com comic uh, Dilbert. Um, it's very famous, uh, most, most of the world has it. Uh, so he has, he's actually a genius, very wise person. Um, and he has quite a few books books out. Uh, one of my favorite is uh, it's called um, the uh, how to fail at, again. Yeah, <laughs> it's called how to how to fail at almost anything and still win still win big or still come out ahead. And, uh, like he purposely does stuff to fail because nine out of ten times you'll fail, but that one time that you don't, you will strike it big. And I actually have up on my wall. Let me switch cameras again. And you can see it. A quote from him. Oh, nice. It's called, I'll, I'll read it to you. It's creativity is allowing yourself to make mistakes. Art is knowing which ones to keep. Awesome. So I, like I love that quote. <laughs> so that's how I try to uh, do stuff as you never know what's going what's gonna, to what's gonna end up being the moneymaker and never know what's going to end up making it successful. You just got to be willing to fail, willing to try stuff. And, uh, and when you fail, because you probably will most of the time, don't look at it as a bad thing. It's, that's a good thing. Now you know one more way that didn't work. And what did you learn from that failure? Don't just throw it in the garbage. What did you learn from that failure? Take something out of it and apply it to your next version. All right. Um, then to my favorite question, if you could hire any famous person to work with you or for you, who would that be and why? Would it be him or someone else? Not Scott Adams. <laughs> I don't think he'd be very good at editing. <laughs> um, I think uh, it's a tough question because it's it's kind of like what do I need right now and what do I need to build the future. Um, I don't I don't know that I, that there's anybody specific in mind that I have. Uh, what I do need is a very good retoucher uh, that would free up my time. A very good photographer um, that could be on par with me. Um, and uh, sales guy would be great. Um, I have this whole business plan put together and every time I go through the numbers, it never makes sense. Uh, it, doesn't, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't add up. Uh, like it ends up being a million and a half, $2 million a year uh, overhead. And I end up with the profit exactly what I'm making right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so why have the bother and all the headache? Um, so that's why it, uh, <laughs> it's still sitting as a spreadsheet. Okay, so, so getting a good person for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, good. Then I'm already at my last question. If you had the attention of every Amazon seller out there in the whole world and you could give three tips to them, which ones would that be? So they would obviously, because I'm a photographer, they would obviously be Im image-based tips. Yeah, um, sure. yeah so uh, actually one of them is not such an image-based tip. Um, okay, we'll start with that one, actually. One thing I find so often is, is uh, and Amazon sellers, and this is what creates the marketplace and the competition, is that they'll see one guy doing well with a product, and then 15 people will pop up and sell the same product. Like, like stop. 
like you, you, you unless you're doing something different than the other guy like why do you think you're going to be making any money that guy is making all the money he's going to get the, the the head of the listing and then all the other losers if you don't mind me calling them that are trying to get the last little scraps come up with something good and if you can't come up with something good then you shouldn't be selling on amazon and uh, it's it's this is and it's everything it's what we call the the 80 20 rule that that 80 uh, as you seem like you've heard that one before right so so 20 percent of the people are making 80 percent of the money all the rest of the uh the uh the, the guys on the bottom it's being the last 80 percent is being cut uh being split i'm sorry last 20 percent is being cut uh split up by all the last 80 percent of the sellers on the bottom um scraping for the crumbs that's yeah so that's tip number advice, one don't don't yeah, be a copycat yeah. Yeah, exactly. Don't be a copy guy. Come up, change the product, do something innovative, uh, better the lives of people somehow with this product. I actually have one client that does that. He takes stuff that's, uh, that's, uh, that's very popular, figures out how he can add value to it and change it and remanufactures it in China. He, he has deep pockets so he can do this. Um, and, uh, and he's doing really well. Um, okay. That's tip number one. Uh, tip number two is just images. Don't, be cheap on the images it's there may be some photographers that'll do great work for cheap excellent but i guarantee you they won't be doing that work for cheap for very long once they realize how good they are um it's it's not one of the reasons i went into commercial photography as opposed to what most photographers do is like portraits or fashion or something is that when you're working for a family doing portraits even if they think you're the best photographer in the world if you're charging 10 grand they can't afford it end the story so whereas in a business if this guy and now i don't charge 10 grand so don't get any crazy <laughs> ideas <laughs> but uh, but if, but if the expensive guy is going to get you more sales than the cheaper guy i mean obviously you have to work within your budget constraints and i'm not going uh, advocating telling anybody to go borrow money just to pay me or pay any any high-end photographer but those high-end pictures are gonna set you apart from the competition and amazon is a killer marketplace it's set up in a way that everybody has an equal chance and the guy who's going to really put the heart and soul into the listing, that's, who's going to come out ahead. Um, it's not just the images really. It's also the rest of the content and the rest of the copywriting that you, that you do and SEO search result uh, rankings and, and all, and it's all those things combined. Images are just one part of it. Um, a big part of it because it shows up in the search results. That's the um, first thing. The but, uh, yeah. Sees. First thing it sees. Exactly. Um, so that would definitely be uh advice number two like don't be cheap if if you think you're if you think it's a great product and you think you're going to make money with it let it all loose put your money into it you might fail like i said before you might fail a couple of times you might lose some money don't be disheartened because that third one or fourth one or fifth one that's where you're going to make all your money back awesome okay now i need a third one uh, i don't know a third one that's right i'm not an amazon seller so <laughs> i don't have any more tips past that uh, let me think of like any other things that my clients have told me you can also um, give a tip about being self-employed in general i mean that's something you have common with a lot of amazon sellers yeah that's interesting actually it, it's a little different the way because i'm a service business um okay yeah there we go that's just a life tip then um just a, a business a work-life balance kind of thing yeah good. um so let me think about what I want to say about that. Okay, balance. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, when it comes to work-life balance, this is what um, I find found works for me uh, is that 
you have to remember, you have to keep in mind why you're doing what you're doing. Are you a photographer or an Amazon seller because you're trying to make tons of money? If you really ask people seriously, I think they'll tell you no. If people that are self-aware, they'll be able to, they'll tell you no. They're doing it to be able to provide for their family, provide for themselves if they don't have a family or whatever, um, to provide a better life. It's not really about the money. It's about, it's about the life. It's about the life you create for yourself. So if you're killing yourself and you're working 20 hours a day, seven days a week, that's not a life. Yeah. And it, it, it's okay to do, to start a business for a month, two months, six months, I don't know, however long you can handle it. But don't think that you need to hustle so crazy that it's actually, uh, there's a conference coming up that I'm going to be speaking at uh, in, on December 3rd, I think. Um, this is what I'm going to be talking about is you see these guys like Gary Vee and, and all these things, hustle, 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 Crush hustle. It. Oh my gosh, relax. When do you chill ever? <laughs> it's like, it, it's like, are you the only way to make money in life is, is to work 20 hour days. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, what it does mean in my mind is when you're working for the eight hours that you're working, make sure you're working. Don't be on social media. Don't be followed, uh, jumping on Instagram. Don't let your attention wander somewhere else. And if you do need that, and you know, everybody's personality is a little different, then schedule yourself that. 20 minutes to, to, to let your, your mind ease or whatever it is to, to go out and take that break for a few minutes, get some fresh air, schedule that as part of your day. And that, that's not really a break. That's part of your day. That's part of your hustle because you have to know yourself what you can handle, what you can't handle. Um, so as an entrepreneur, so when you're working for somebody else, you know, you're working there nine to five, um, unless you're a really dedicated employee, you're not really thinking about work too much afterwards, as opposed to an entrepreneur, this is your business. This is, if you're not there, then the business is not running. Um, although that's a very poor way to run your business. Uh, you can read the e-myth. You can read the e-myth revisited or uh, uh, I forgot the name of the other book. Um, I was just in the middle of reading. Um, uh, Clockwork, it's called. Clockwork, it's excellence also. Um, to be able to set your, set your business up so that it will run without you. Um, as a service business, that's hard to do because I need to be the one to be shooting. Uh, but as an Amazon seller, you could hire people to do what you need to do. Uh, you know, so I mean, there's a budget for that. Um, so yeah, back to what we're saying, work-life balance. So the money should not be the goal. The money should be the outcome of creating a beautiful life for yourself. And that's beginning, great. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that should be a quote. Maybe I will put that one as a title <laughs> <I will> now. <laughs> that's true. I mean, a lot of people think that they need to work so many hours to provide for the family, but maybe the family will leave one day because the guy's working too much or the woman. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's some great advice. All right. Um, then we are already at the end uh, of this interview. It was really fun. Thank you for all the insights. Uh, thank you for showing us around and uh, showing us how your processes work. And yeah, I hope to see you soon. Okay, cool. Thanks so much. All right, it was great to be here. Thanks a lot. All right, guys, that's it for today. That was my interview with Hoodie. If you have any questions for him or for me, simply leave your comment below this video. I also included some helpful links in the description where you can find out more about Hoodie Studio and Sermando.com. But now I want to know from you guys, did you ever work with an Amazon product photographer before? If yes, how was it? If no, why did you decide to take your own product photos and not hire a professional? Let me know and drop your comment below. Oh, that rhymes. <laughs>
And yeah, last but not least, if you haven't subscribed to our channel yet, you should do that now by either pressing the red subscription button. No, wrong side. The red subscribe button here or the Sermondo Globe somewhere here. And yeah, then I see you guys next time.